So, um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the Bitcoiners in general, their hypocrisy, and specifically, you know, a few, let's just say, loud Bitcoin maximalists. Uh, let's talk about Adam Back, right? So, he's um, a big proponent of Tether, and Tether, of course, has the stable coin uh, that's well known. Um, the biggest, I think, still surpassing uh, USDC. Um, but, you know, why does Adam back like Tether? Well, he's self-interested. He, you know, Tether um, invests in Blockstream, right? They've either lent them money or they've bought their equity. I don't know which one it is, but I know that they are involved, let's just say. So, you know, so he likes Tether. But there's another reason for Adam back to like Tether, and that is you know, um, Tether can print, can print right, uh, dollar dollar equivalents, or at least the market thinks they're equivalent for now, um, willy-nilly, right? Doesn't have to be a bank, and the market currently accepts this dollar uh, dollar parity of Tether, the stablecoin. And there's no way for us to know if they really have all the backing, right, to back Tether. Let's just assume that they don't, right? They don't, at least they don't have dollars. They don't have liquid assets to sell. So they're taking risks, right? So let's just assume that they do get dollars and then make the tether. They're then lending this tether out to companies like Blockstream or to other companies, right? Or to, or buying equity of other companies, risky assets that we have no clue, right? What's going on in there. Um, so let's just assume that they might have some losses down the line. Right. And since we can't even double check their process, I'm sure that they're printing these things that they have in the past, at least out of thin air without the first, the adequate backing. I've gone through this logic before. I don't really want to rehash it here. Um, <laughs> but basically, you know, they're printing tether out of thin air when they're lending the tether itself. Right? They should be lending dollars they take in because dollars apparently are on their books right when they issue a tether. If they were going to issue tethers directly, which we know that they do, right? So they lent, they lent money to Celsius too, or they bought their equity. Uh, but they would have to um, basically buy tethers into the market, right? Which with their dollars on their balance sheet and then lend out the tethers. And that doesn't make sense, right? You, you know, they just, they're creating these tethers out of thin air, like an IOU, you know, uh, and then, um, and then, uh, giving them to, to like the likes of Celsius. Well, Celsius went under as Tether, has Tether publicly said how much of a write down or a loss they've taken from the Celsius troubles? I don't think so. I think they've even, I've even heard rumors saying that they, they've claimed that they haven't even been hurt by this. Well, how is that even possible? Well, let me, this is, I'm getting off topic already. Let's go back. Let's, I want to talk about how Tether is essentially the same business as a BlockFi and a Celsius and how the Bitcoiners don't really like BlockFi and Celsius. Most of them don't. Like Tether, most of these Bitcoiners hate on BlockFi and Celsius, but they somehow give a pass to Tether. In my opinion, they're self-interested, like Adam Back is self-interested. Not only is Tether invested in his company, Blockstream, right? But it all, Tether also supports the Bitcoin market, right? By being able to have this dollar parity asset that we don't even know, you know, is really a dollar <laughs> in the market floating around. So, 
but but why do I say that Tether is the same, essentially the same business as BlockFi and Celsius? Well, because they both take in some kind of deposit from a customer. In Tether's case, it's going to be dollars. In BlockFi's case, it's going to be Bitcoin or, or some stable coin or some other token. And they promise yield, right? So BlockFi and Celsius promise some kind of yield. Tether doesn't promise a yield, but, but essentially they're doing the same things. They're taking in your deposit and they're then investing this money, right, to generate a return. It's just that Tether is not sharing it with you. So Tether, in my opinion, is the more genius business model, not only because they're not having to share the yield, but because they've invented a token now, right, that represents your interest in this company, right? And that they say is going to have some kind of backing or value, right? It's going to be worth at least a dollar. So Tether is going to go and try to make a bunch of loans and they get to keep all the profits, right? Uh, and they get to take risks with your real cash dollars that you've given them. But they get to keep any yield, right? And technically, you get all the like risk. Uh, so they're taking free risk with your money, right? Because you're not giving them a return. And you could say maybe, well, you're getting some service, some some valuable thing out of having a tether stable coin, which was which is true. I guess it's a unique product, and you know you can move it on the on the crypto rails. And if you're an arbitrage trader, or you're you know like SBF type of guy, market maker, it's a great it's a good, you know, you want these, you want these tools. Um, <clears throat> I guess you could also say that to the extent that, that Tether is able to keep its value at a dollar, which it's so how, so far it's been doing a pretty good job. Uh, it also serves a tool as far as, you know, you can, you can have a stable asset, uh, you know, in the crypto space. And this is served for lending. This is like very beneficial for crypto because it's like the only, you know, crypto asset out there that can, can claim to really be stable. And that's, really unique in the crypto universe because everything else is just uh, volatile and um, that's a problem. So there is a, a great you know, service that Tether is providing, but ultimately they're the same business as a BlockFi, right? They're just a little bit different, maybe a little bit more clever, a little bit more useful, right? But ultimately they take in customer funds, they generate returns for themselves Right, BlockFi and Celsius try to share that with its customers, but they both depend on trust. They both depend on deposits because this is where their business uh, uh, line is, right? Is in getting people to bring money to them. Wait, they get to lend it out or whatever they're doing with it to make more money. Uh, and so they really don't want to run, right? And, and Tether again has, has has is way beyond a BlockFi, where they uh, they're offshore. They also limit who can come to them and be a customer. So they limit, so then they effectively limit withdrawals, right? Because you have to be a big player, you know, like an SBF or a big market maker, you know, somebody with a high net worth to go to Tether and, and redeem. You can't just be your average Joe. <laughs> so you have different rights, you know, when you hold a Tether, depending on who you are. In my opinion, that's sort of a weird problem for like securities laws. I think that this is a securities product, just like the SEC, you know, basically said BlockFi's product is a securities product. Um, I think Tether is too. Uh, and I think Celsius was as well. <laughs> um, you know, so, but the, um, 
So they're the same. They're virtually the same product. Heather is far superior, in my opinion, far far superior. They limit withdrawals, and this is the major problem of of well, Tether still has this issue, right? The, so they limit withdrawals of of who can take out real dollars from Tether, which is beautiful because at least Block, BlockFi doesn't have that, right? They they have to just honor, you know, withdrawals. Celsius has to honor withdrawals from from all their customers in theory. Uh, now they, I guess, you know, they can pause, but that once you start pausing, that spells the end for your business, and. Um, even though BlockFi was able to get a bailout sort of from, from SBF's company, FTX, um, I, you know, there's still a, there's still an uphill battle for them because there's this trust that um, sort of is gone. I mean, Celsius really did a number on BlockFi. Uh, and this, this trust is going to be hard for them to get back. Um, but... Uh, so I'm saying that the same business, I'm saying Tether is a better business, <laughs> uh, but ultimately Tether has the same issues as BlockFi and Celsius and that, you know, they can only meet so many redemption requests. And if word gets out that they can't, uh, BlockFi has a run. At least Tether might have a warning, right? At least Tether, right, that has the token that trades, which is kind of like a health meter for Tether. It, it kind of lets the market tells Tether how they're doing. And if this, 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 is off, Tether might perk up a bit. But Tether has has these partners that help them stabilize the price because there's OTC trades that we never see in Tether. We just see the public trades on like a Kraken or wherever it's it's being um, being a publicly printed, right? That we see whether Tether is a dollar or not. Uh, so Tether also has that advantage versus like BlockFi, we're totally in the dark. You know, we don't know what kind of, kind of a, uh, kind of assets either of these companies have, right? We don't know what they've been investing in, which is another problem, right? If these are really securities, which in my opinion they are, they're taking customer funds, they're making some promises, whether that's to give yield or not, Tether is promising to give a dollar back or at least keep the price at a dollar. Why so for a security, why, you know, I was I was listening to something yesterday about um, Ted Seidel. He's a famous whistleblower, the pension area. He was saying that these public pensions, they often don't want to disclose what it is they're investing in or, or they invest in. Um, yeah. And and he was saying that normally with securities laws, you have to show like part of the prospectus is like what the hell they're investing in. So, again, if BlockFi, Celsius and Tether are really selling securities and maybe just a new novel way, um, we should know, we should be able to know what it is they're investing in. Because then, you know, if BlockFi had opened up its books, right, if Celsius had opened up its books, if all the public could see, hey, everyone seems to be in this three arrows capital, right? Everyone's been lending to them. Maybe this, maybe they wouldn't have got so big. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to acquire so many loans, right? Maybe, <laughs> I'm not saying for sure, but at least the public should have been made aware of what BlockFi, what Celsius, even what Tether is investing in because their investment, right? The fact their, their, their promise, right? That they're going to get their money back, maybe even get a return if you're, you know, if you're putting it in BlockFi or Celsius, but at least you think you're going to get your dollar back with Tether. Um, you want to know and scrutinize what these businesses are investing in. 
And I think if this, so again, with pensions, they've been even been able to get away with not customers, right? With not telling them what they're investing in. And it's mandatory. These public pensions, right? It's not like a, a voluntary thing, right? Sometimes with your 401k, you don't have to like put the money in. But with with pensions that are still around, government pensions for government workers, um, you're telling me that they're forcing you to put some money into your salary and then they're, tell, they're telling you you can't see what it is we're investing in with these pensions. Uh, the I guess this is, I don't know. So again, this kind of, this is a question, I don't know. Like why, if securities laws mandates that, that investors be able to see what it is like they're signing up for, what they're, what they're investing in, then why are pensions even allowed to hide this information? I don't know. That's a separate question. <laughs> but I think I read, um, yeah, that's one of the benefits of on-chain activity. But if I, um, but the problem is, is that if you are invested in, in BlockFi, sorry, so if you, if you give your, your, your Bitcoin to BlockFi, and then they are now lending it out. I don't know if we can tell by looking at the block uh, chain, like where BlockFi is lending out, you know, customer deposits to. Because I don't think, I guess, I guess if you're um, <laughs> really good on the blockchain, maybe you could kind of tell. Is that what you're saying? And maybe you could see where uh, they're lending it out to. But if they have USDC, let's say you put your stable coin with block with BlockFi. Um, they might lend out the USDC. We might be able to track that on chain, but um, they might just convert it to dollars. And then they might lend out these dollars so that they could hide like who they're lending to. Uh, and I guess I would just say, if all of this was able to be tracked on the blockchain, um, then why didn't somebody do a report that says, hey, here's all BlockFi's uh, loans that they have to made to people. Uh, here's all the, all the stuff Celsius has done. And I feel like maybe, maybe this was there, maybe it wasn't, but I know it sort of came after the fact. Some people did some, some digging and said, I, I think when all this was blowing up, they were saying, oh, Celsius went to whoever. Um, but I guess maybe this was there before and I, it just wasn't a, wasn't a story. So I didn't see it, but I still think that the block fights of the world, even if, even if, um, you could see everything on chain. I think it still should be spelled out in like plain English for people that don't have the tools or don't have the knowledge or don't really want to spend the time chasing like uh, the blockchain and, and looking it up. And I think if, if blockchain is selling like a securities product, this should be something that, that they should have to disclose how they're how they're investing these customer funds to, to let customers you know evaluate how risky it might be. Uh, this was one of the advantages, I guess, of all the DeFi products is everything is on chain. So in theory, you know, you could look, you could chase everything down. But a, a centralized player like a BlockFi could, in theory, like sell their Bitcoin, Bitcoin for cash somehow that they get from the customers or their USDC or stablecoins and then lend out these dollars. And then we'll never be able to know uh, who they lent it out because if they're lending like real dollars versus like a stablecoin, we can't track that on chain. Um, but I will say that, um, I did read Nick Carter's last post about defending, um, basically block five of the world and, um, lending. 
And I have to agree with, with most of his, his article, uh, because I think if you want Bitcoin to be, and he's talking about Bitcoin specifically, but if you want Bitcoin to be money, I think it does need to be lent out. The question is, is whether it's being lent out, I think productively or not, that's a big question. Um, and, uh, at least Nick Carter's consistent, right? Cause it, cause I know Nick Carter has sort of defended Tether in the past, at least so far as saying, um, that Tether, uh, um, has been able to meet, meet its redemption request so far. Right. And it's okay to, he, 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 he subscribes to the idea that it's okay to pool funds and then lend some of it out, right. Like a bank would do. And in theory, I'm okay with that too. I just think that the BlockFi's of the world would have been better off if they would have um, uh, been more honest with their customers. Hey, you know, we are we know we're investing uh, your big your Bitcoin here or your your stablecoin product. Here's what we're investing in, and here's the duration. Now you can't get your you can't ask us to get your Bitcoin out um, uh, if you're going to sign up for a year, right? Because and you're going to get this this rate. You're going to sign up for six months and they get this rate. I don't think they really stuck to their guns. I think they sort of allowed people to take out money and they just figured out what they could, what their interest was. But that's a problem when you have locked up funds, right? This, this maturity game that they're playing, you need to be very honest with people and say, that's why, and that would, that would have really prevented withdrawals and prevented this, this, um, uh, the trust right from, from disappearing. So, I, I would ask Nick Carter, do you believe that the SEC was correct to slap a unregistered securities fine on BlockFi to the tune of $100 million? Do you think these products are securities? Do you think Tether is also issuing securities? And he did allude to the fact that the, the BlockFi's of the world need to be more transparent in what they're investing in. Uh, so does that mean that he, he thinks that, that Tether should also have to disclose, you know, all of its dealings? Um. I think so. Uh, that's what he alluded to. He alluded to at least more transparency. So I think that's what he means. Um, but I think he's very correct to to question this Bitcoin maxi ethos of never lending out Bitcoin. Uh, every you know, and again, like at least Nick Carter's consistent. He likes BlockFi's of the world. Like he doesn't really like Celsius. They were a competitor hit to his business, but he liked BlockFi, right? He believes in the model. He also likes Tether. He believes in that model. But a lot of the Bitcoiners hate on BlockFi and Celsius, but they love Tether. So, so they're, they're the ones not being consistent. At least Nick Carter's being consistent here. Uh, so I have to give him props for that. And I have to say that I think that, that lending from true savings, and I think that Nick Carter needs to also distinguish this because he doesn't really make this clear because fractional reserve banking is sort of this complex thing when people hear about it. They don't, I don't think people know what we're talking about. So lending from real savings, right? From real money that someone worked for is okay. But lending, I think when the bank is creating something out of thin air or, or the Fed or whoever, whoever like if you're lending something that, that uh, was not saved for, right? That just was created, um, that's wrong. And the problem with banking today, right, is that when you deposit money, in theory, if the bank is going to pay you an interest rate, you shouldn't have access to this money. If, if you, so there should be two separate accounts, right? There used to be, right, a savings account where you sort of locked in your money for a while. 
it's now called like a CD, uh, or you do, you do lock it in you you really can't access it, but, but real lending happens from real, um, real people saying, Hey, I'm going to give this money up for a while. Okay. For a return. What's bad is when you put your money in, in somewhere and they offer you return, but they also say you have, you can use your money anytime you want to. That doesn't work normally. And this is sort of the fraud in our current system and why people don't like the term fractional reserve banking. But fractional reserve banking, I don't think it really, it doesn't really talk about, so this is like, it's made into law that the banks can lend out. Uh, they only have to keep in so much of the deposits and lend everything else out. Now this shouldn't exist. Like this is, this is, this concept shouldn't really exist. The, the, the basic concept that should exist is that uh, people should be, banks should be honest, right? If you're a BlockFi, you're basically acting like a bank and they should be honest. They should tell their customers, hey, if you want a yield, it means you're locking up your money for six months. If you want a larger yield, you lock it up for a year. Uh, while during this time, you cannot take your Bitcoin out or you cannot take your stable coin out. That's how it should function. And there's going to be runs on these types of, of banks. It's, it's inevitable. I think, um, I think that they have to develop trust and they're a long way from that. They need to become more transparent. They need to be honest with their customers about when they can withdraw and when they can't withdraw. Uh, and that might be that, that might even increase yields that you, you might be able to get, but the part of the problem with this whole industry is that, um, a lot of the loans are going to unproductive use cases or going to, to other schemes that support other types of crypto assets that they're that, that's super risky that depends on the greater fool um and so you're taking a lot of risk like maybe you can maybe you can make a lot of money but you're also taking a lot of risk uh really real yield real dependable stable yield products uh might develop maybe in the space and i hope that they do you i could easily see stable coins maybe a, you know, a block fight taking in stable coins, offering us a, a, a really maybe less risky product and saying, Hey, we're going to like convert these to dollars and then lend it out to oil companies or something. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, um, do something really, um, risk less. Maybe they'll convert it to gold and lend out the gold. Who knows? But you could think of ideas that, uh, maybe pay less, uh, yield with your stable coin product. <laughs> uh, but, but then, um, pay less yield, but maybe it's, it's less risky. And maybe you could segregate out that from, uh, you know, the three ACs of the world where BlockFi takes in the Bitcoin and, and lends it out to, to another, you know, the next three AC, cause there probably is another one right out there that's doing really risky stuff. Maybe not as big, but, but you could just, you could just, um, now the problem with the problem with BlockFi and why all these things are securities, Celsius and, and Tether is because they don't segregate this stuff out. They, you know, they'd have to create like a, a different, like almost like a basket, right? This is our, our low risk product. This is whatever. But what they're doing is they're pooling all customer funds. They're treating everybody uh, the same, right? They're, they're pooling everyone's money. And when you pull everyone's money and when you basically spread risk around, this is the, the definition of a security, I think. Like I, I, I could be wrong, right? But you're pooling risk and um, everybody's in this together. Uh, for now. So they need to create, I think, separate products, you know, different risk assets. But the problem is, again, is that all this stuff is going to be have to be approved by the SEC. Um, 
so you know increased costs right that's going to lower your, your yield and maybe maybe they can get away with doing something like this on DeFi for a little bit longer but i don't know uh the DeFi stuff i guess is is working <laughs> well they say it's working um to some degree but um you you have problems there too right so i mean it could be hacked or or um there's no way to to really know who you're dealing with legally you know, um, do you really have, have legal right to returns? And, um, what if there's a hack, who do you go to? Uh, now we're seeing with the, the centralized world that it's not much better. They can just freeze your, freeze your account like Celsius did. Uh, and you have rights, right? So um, until the bankruptcy proceedings go on and they figure that out, which could be years, the Mt. Gox stuff is they're, they're about to get their coins back. The, the Bitcoin, I think that they're about to get it back. Uh, Peter Schiff said so on his on his podcast yesterday. <laughs> I haven't been keeping track of that story, but um, but that you know the Mount, Mount Gox hack was what I don't know was it twenty fourteen or something, and they're just now about to get these coins back, right? So uh, so you're kind of screwed either way, <laughs> in my in my opinion. Like uh, the central the centralized lenders, they're they're not much better. You you're not gonna you're not going to really be that much better off necessarily um, than maybe the DeFi, <laughs> the DeFi players. So who knows? Um, all right. Uh, I think I'm going to end, end it here. Um, thanks for listening.